every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students, to belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, where our heart is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. For more information, go to my website at mikefalkenstein.com. That's Mike Falkenstein, F-A-L-K-E-N-S-T-I-N-E.com. And to find out more about our ministry projects worldwide, go to our ministry website, 18catalyst.org. Thanks for joining us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this, the 55th episode of the Made for Missions podcast. My name is Mike Falkenstein, and I'm here again with Ken Watmore. And Ken, it's becoming fall and a lot going on in there. Yeah, I love this time of year. Yeah, it is it's, really a good time of year. It's beautiful. And we're I think we're experiencing some, here in Colorado, at least some unbelievable weather right now. Oh, it's I know. It's really nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially for this late in September, it's not all that unusual for us to already have had our first taste of snow. And so for it to still be in the 70s and pretty nice, 60s and 70s, it's pretty, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, you know, in up in the high country, we are getting snow, which I love it mm-hmm. this way, right? We're still nice and dry down here yes uh and you can you know it's a short trip up to see snow and changing leaves and it's really pretty so yeah that is uh, really nice a great place to be it is well ken in this episode we've got uh, hopefully it just um an episode that'll uh touch a lot of hearts and help some folks and you know as i think i've talked about on the show before back in 2013 and 2014 you know i experienced a ministry burnout experience, and uh, after ministering for almost 20 years, particularly impacting China, and yeah, that's what this episode's about, to talk a little bit about ministry burnout and what it is, and I know that we talked about maybe you even interviewing me, so uh, we've got some questions, and we'll just kind of talk about it, and I'm really hopeful that it'll be used to, you know, whatever experience I had to minister to others, and yeah, I'm really excited about the show. Yeah, I think it should be good and it should be helpful to some people out there. You know, and I think and knowing your heart, I think this show really speaks to people who are currently involved in ministry, you know, and it maybe shares to the people that they work with too. Like, you know, I think we might notice sometimes that people might be going through something yes. in a higher position in ministry and and then people who have served even in their church for a long time, you know, sometimes it can take a toll. I remember years ago someone saying to me who I thought, you know, he was continually involved in project after project at church and you know, at one point I remember him saying to me, you know, it can really he he actually cautioned me like you know don't get too involved and frankly i was like what are you <laughs> right how could you say that i understand where he's coming from and i actually still think that shouldn't be a hindrance to getting too involved i think you should you know i think one of the best things i ever heard from somebody who said once you become a christian make sure you're part of a solid bible teaching church mm-hmm. and then pour your life into that place and when, when that happens, you'll find the, that you have a tremendous fruit in your own life and, and to other people as well. And I think that that still holds true. I mean, I think you're, 
in order to experience what we want to share is, you know, a heart for missions, a heart for people, an outreach, and to be able to grow. I think that you do, you know, find a church that teaches the Bible well, loves the Lord, and is focused on the Great Commission, and then pour yourself and your family into that church. And I think the experience will be tremendous. You'll experience God in his fullness. So I, I do believe that. And and saying that, you know, um, what we talk about today is that there are periods when you get tired, uh, <laughs> and right. uh, especially leadership roles in the church and in ministries like yours, you know, you get tired. And there mm-hmm. are, especially, you know, I would say that in ministries in the nonprofit world, one of the things that can drag you down quickly, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure, is you spend a lot of your time trying to raise funds to accomplish the mission. Yeah, that's right. And your focus is on the mission, yet you have to kind of grind through this process of constantly asking for funds. Yeah, that's right. And I think a lot of people look at that and say, golly, you know, that's, I mean, it's all about funds and and truthfully it's not, but if you don't have funds, you can't do the job. Yeah, that's right. So with all that said, I know your heart is to reach some people today that might be going through this or might be seeing people who are experiencing it. And we can talk about how do you overcome that and how do you withstand and continue to run the race and run the race well. So today, as I interview you, Mm. we'll ask, you know, you a few questions and we'll start with the most basic, easy question to address this. And it is, what is ministry burnout. What is it? Yeah. So I'll give you first kind of the technical definition, which is because this is actually a clinical condition, right? Mm. It is something that, you know, psychologists and folks have actually said, and it is something that we're going to talk about ministry burnout, but obviously people in a lot of different fields actually experience it. But uh, burnout is the technical definition is it's a syndrome of emotional exhaustion, depersonalization, and reduced personal accomplishment that can occur among individuals who do people work of some kind. Uh, It's also been called compassion fatigue. And so a lot of times, you know, you're just giving and giving involved in people's lives and lives and you're just giving and eventually, you know, that kind of begins to wear you down. So there are these five D words that also sort of describe it, right? Demoralization, the belief that you're no longer effective, either as a pastor or a ministry leader, depersonalization, treating yourself and others in an impersonal way, detachment, uh, with uh, withdrawing from all responsibilities, distancing and avoidance of social and interpersonal contacts, and then defeatism, a feeling of being beaten and giving up any hope of being able to avoid defeat. And so for me, kind of how that played out was being the president of the China Resource Center. Of course, I, had, I have had a, a deep heart to impact China for Christ, right? And I was literally just kind of giving it everything that I had. But as I began to, as you mentioned, you know, I think for me, the two things were, you know, this desire to reach all of China for Christ. You know, I mean, that's just a lot of people. So that was part of it. Over time, you just go, yeah, there's just not enough of me to be able to give, to be able to do it. The other part is the fundraising piece. So I'll talk at the end about kind of how, what God did in that and kind of how my opinion has changed on that. But certainly, I think at the time we had a 600 and something thousand dollar budget. And boy, to for one guy to raise that much money, you know, it's just a big deal. I mean, I was just on the road ton. And and so my energy began to wane. I began to 
the way I've described it to people now is that it was sort of like I had my two high, my two hands tied behind my back and someone was slapping me in the back of my head. I mean, it was just kind of like a, not a dizzy, but I just, certainly I was not as effective as I was before. And so that's the, I mean, burnout moves fatigue and the darkness from a place where you ha- once had it kind of under your control to a place where you simply, you know, no longer could control either. So at least for me, that was part of what happened. Hmm. Interesting. So, and I was going to ask you a couple of things. I, I think you're starting to address them now. So I'm going to just kind of expand maybe okay, on great. those. But I was going to follow up with kind of how you knew you were experiencing the burnout and then what the symptoms were. And you just sort of touched on that now. So I'm going to expand on the second question, which was how you knew you were beginning to experience the burnout and you mm. had said your energy was, but I'm going to guess, and I'm taking a shot here. We haven't talked about this, but I'm going to guess okay. that your family starts to notice. And uh, somewhere somebody says, Hey, Mike, you know, what's going on? Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And my wife in particular, yeah, of course, my kids, I don't know that they noticed necessarily at first, but certainly my wife began to notice. And what was interesting was it was the results that I was having in ministry in particular in that fundraising were just not coming back. And so there was something different. And so my wife began to notice. And I think part of it was then the, I mean, my wife began to notice initially kind of the bottom line was not the same in terms of the the numbers, but it was, I think the trips I was taking fundraising and the things that I was doing uh, when I was not coming back with the same results, it was kind mm. of like, Oh yeah, clearly, you know, something's different here, right? So in addition to that, I mentioned kind of the energy and the enthusiasm really for the first time. I mean, I've just almost for as long as I can remember most of my adult life, I've just had a deep heart and love for the Chinese. And I don't know that I ever disliked the Chinese, but certainly that same heart and passion was just not the same right. anymore, right? And it was just kind of like, I think now that I look at it, back at it now, it's like, I'm giving everything I have and it's just not working like I'd like it to work. So that was, you know, that was part of it. I got overwhelmed really easy. I couldn't stop what it seemed to be like the sinking ship, right? Everything that I tried to do. And so I think the most frustrating part for me was, I was still tasked for, you know, providing for my family. Right. Right. But no matter how hard I tried, I just couldn't keep my head above water. And so for a long time, it was like, God, what do I do here? You know, I still have the family to, you know, provide for. And so what was unfortunate for me and uh, what probably took longer in the, in the recovery process was if you're with the Navigators or Campus Crusade or these big organizations, they have teams of people that... In, the, in fact, the Navigators is called the People Resources Team, mm-hmm. and they know that this burnout happens to some of their staff. They have a whole protocol of kind of what they do to, to help you recover. And just being the small guy, kind of one guy on staff, you know, I didn't have those same resources. And so, right. and so I had to rely more on my wife and other friends and people that then God brought in my life to help me recover. So yeah, so certainly my wife noticed other, my board members, you know, of course they began to notice. And so, yeah, there were certainly some people that even before I think I noticed it, you know, there were other people that did. So, and I think, you know, that speaks to why now I see, you know, so many churches and our church, they, they have a required time of absence. Yes. You know, kind of um, a sabbatical. You have, yeah. You have right. to take a sabbatical. You have to go mm-hmm. away for a little bit in order to avoid that kind of thing. And then again, you're dealing with places that are big and have teams of people and lots yeah. of support. And, right. and I'm sure 
we'll approach this in a little bit, but I'm sure that that changed maybe the way you approach ministry now. Yes, in, definitely. In, and even your board members. I know at the that we have talked about before where you began having your board members definitely maybe go on trips with you and start to uh-huh. share the experience. And I would encourage other ministries just from what I've seen as well in ministry is that in order to have a complete buy-in so they don't start to drift away at the end and the funding doesn't start to go away, they, they have to be involved, right? It's not just yes. it's not just bringing the funds, it's also changing hearts to really buy into the mission, you know, and know that they're the right people that have prayed about and asked yes. God, is this something you want me on board with? And if so, what can I do besides write a check, right? And yeah. what can I do besides that's help right. govern the administrative stuff? Yeah. And, and that's so, really important too, yeah. Ken, I think. I'm glad you brought that up because when I first started the China Resource Center, and I'd never really done anything quite like this before. And so I didn't really know. And so for the years, the board members, well-meaning guys, love those guys until today. But they, I was not asking them to try to be involved in the way that they really needed to be. Mm-hmm. And the board responsibility for this kind of ministry really goes beyond just coming to a meeting three times a year and yeah. contributing. I mean, so now you mentioned, you know, what I'm doing different. Obviously, I'm asking for a bigger involvement, yeah. which means I'm recruiting less guys. But those guys that I recruit obviously are going to be way more bought in because yeah. we, we've asked them from the beginning. Ken, before I take our break, let me just make one more note about the, you know, we're talking about how I began to notice about burnout and then yeah. we'll get to the some of the symptoms you know, although I would sort of call my my burnout experience pretty serious. I mean, it was pretty bad. On the other hand, you know, there were people that I, I'd, I've heard of. In fact, one of the guys that God brought into my life was a counselor, a Christian counselor who really who really kind of specializes in this area. And he's talked about some cases where missionaries have had to, one guy was ministering in Europe and he had experienced such a severe case of ministry burnout that he knew he had to get back to the United States for recovery, but he couldn't. I mean, he had to have a friend come with him just to be able to get him kind of through airports and kind of get him home. And so, Mm. you know, this thing can get really, really quite serious. So yeah, it's a real deal for sure. Last thing, because on the backside of this break, I do want to ask you about kind of recovery and where we're at now and things. But In short, what were you seeing happen to the ministry as this started to happen to you? Yeah, well, obviously, I was just kind of out. I know once we kind of got into full-blown, and I got into full-blown kind of uh, burnout mode, you know, I was just kind of done. I was kind of out. And so one thing I want to mention, because for those that are listening, I think it's important, you know, not only was I completely out of energy to do anything, I'm such a positive person normally. I mean, I'm the the gift of faith guy, God's able guy. Yeah, you look at a glass half full. Well, it's probably a little more than half full. (laughs) Yeah, that's always been my personality. And so to have, you know, kind of end of life kind of suicidal thoughts was very Mm. odd for me. And really for the first time that happened. And so, Mm. you know, I mean, just burnout produces that sense of kind of helplessness and hopelessness. And so obviously... At that point, it really turned out kind of by the end of 2013, some guys were scheduled on our board to roll off our board. So they were kind of, yeah, it's, we're kind of, you know, they were ready to kind of be done too, I think. Cause, you know, unless you're trained to help in ministry burnout, you know, I think these guys just didn't really know what to do. Yeah. You know? So we had guys rolling off the board and not renewing. 
for most of 2014, you know, we were just trying to sort of sense, okay, God, what is it that you're doing? Actually, I was kind of in this mode of, hey, let's see what we could do to kick this thing back up. But I didn't have the really the energy to do it, you know, so. It was really last year, 2015, that I began to feel, and we'll get into this more, but feel a little bit more energy. I know there are guys, stories of guys I've heard who experienced ministry burnout and never come back into ministry. You right. know, they just can't do it. It seems like some of these high profile cases of some of these pastors, I could see that happening. One guy in Nashville and um, another guy down in Florida. And so that's a little about what happened. I mean, we kind of, didn't completely shut down the ministry, but certainly there was no, I mean, if I was not the primary driver of the ministry, there was no one else there to do it. So, yeah. you know, we, we did very little. So, mm-hmm. well, let's, let's do this. Let's take a break. Let's have Tom Muller say a couple words. And then when we come back, we'll talk about the recovery process, mm. what that looked like through the process and where you're at now in this new change in ministry which is exciting. And it's kind of ramping up and going well for Mm -hmm. you. So we want to hear all about that. So we'll be back in just a minute. Hi, Tom Moeller again. I'm often stricken by the passion of the missionaries of the 1800s. They had a clear understanding of the Great Commission command and their responsibility to obey. Listen to a couple of these quotes from these missionary heroes. Hudson Taylor, the first Western missionary to go into the inland provinces of China. The Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. Or how about Henry Martin, missionary to India and Persia? The Spirit of Christ is the spirit of missions. The nearer we get to Him, the more intensely missionary we become. It is the same spirit that Mike Falkenstein and the Made for Missions team brings to their calling to mobilize Christians toward the Great Commission. For those who want to join Mike and the team with that same zeal, I would encourage you to visit MikeFalkenstein.com and peruse the website and join Mike and his team in mobilizing Christians toward the Great Commission. Well, welcome back, and thanks for joining us, staying with us, and listening to this episode where I'm talking to Mike today Mm, about ministry burnout and kind of what that looks like, what it looked like personally for him. And Mike, I so appreciate you sharing, because I do think a lot of people experience this, probably don't talk about it much, and maybe they Mm -hmm. can hear a few things that help and encourage them. Mm. So, you know, on the after we've talked about what the symptoms were and what was going on with your ministry, you know... Did you do something? Obviously, you said you met a counselor who, you know, dealt with this stuff specifically. That's right. Is there anything else that you had to do for the recovery process? Is there a place where you had to come mentally, emotionally to be able to kind of break down where you were and maybe submit to what God was going to do next for you? Yes. So although I was not part of this, I mentioned, you know, these guys that are involved with bigger ministries and kind of how that works for them and they have kind of the support. I guess what I what I realized was because, you know, through a lot of 2014, then I'm trying to kind of do what I can to provide. And it just became clear. It just there wasn't anything there to to do much with. And so for me, it was not until kind of the beginning of 2015 that I really began to take this recovery seriously and understand, hey, you can continue to spin on this wheel, but God's got some things he wants to do. And, you know, you it's time to kind of shift gears here. And so at the same time, 
my wife, who had been already looking to do some full-time work, you know, our kids are getting older and whatnot. Mm -hmm. God was very gracious. A little over a year ago, provided a full-time job for her. So that at least released me a little from being the full-time provider. Yeah. Of course, I think biblically, the husband still needs to be that role. But in this case, hey, you got to get yourself well first, you yeah. know, before you can get back to that. Sure. Right. And she was really happy to do it. She's in a job now where she just loves kind of what she does. And so for me, it's, hey, if you can just provide some money, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to be fine financially. You, know, you don't have to be the full time. And she's kind of released me of that, you know, at least for now. And so, so I think that was part of it. So I went down to more like 30 hours a week of work. I began pursuing some things that I had an interest in, you know, clearly this podcast is one of those things. I started this personal website. And so I think part of the recovery was just pursuing some things that I felt like God had given me a heart to do and doing it, even if initially it didn't provide any finances, mm -hmm. it was just kind of being obedient to what it seemed like God was doing. Right. And so I began praying for North Korea, not really knowing what God was doing, investing time in a few key people, uh, actually, Ken, you know, this uh, car shuttle business that you started, mm -hmm. you know, I worked with you mm -hmm. and I don't even know if I've ever told you this, but that was a huge part of this just because it was providing some money, even if it was not a lot. Right. I was doing something different than always kind of trying to beat my head up against this ministry thing. Right. <laughs> right? And that wasn't working for so long. <laughs> and so it kind of took my mind off of things for a while, which was good. And then in terms of the kind of the, the recovery process and what it looked like for me, you know, it really took about 10 months for me to move from kind of crisis mode, what I'd call sort of 20% of normal, back up to sort of operational, maybe 50%. Mm -hmm. It took a whole nother year after that to go from 50 to 70% of normal. And then it's been almost two years now to feel what I call kind of back to almost 100%, right? I think I've called it 98%. So, you know, it may still be some time, but I'm not only sort of recovered, but I feel like I'm almost like a new self, right? Yeah. So there are some things that have actually changed in my perspective in a kind of a number of areas, which I think that's what you're going to ask me next about. So, yeah, exactly. So I, I would then go, you know, what, what, let's talk about what you learned through the process. Mm. And I would say this too, one of the things, and I would encourage people that yeah, are listening, please. right? That one of the things that we all have is we all have unique experiences. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, you and I often talk about the one thing that we all have in common is as a Christian is that God called us all to the great commission, right? So that's, yeah, that's, that's right. That's a same thing that we all have in common. It's funny because one of the other things that we all have in common is not the same thing at all. It's that we all are unique and have a unique experience in our life. And I think that it's really important to note that sometimes those unique experiences put us in positions to help other people That's who are right. going through something a little similar, right? Mm -hmm. So you may be set up to really help a lot of people who are going through ministry burnout. Yeah. You know, I've, I, I went through a, a while back, just kind of a downturn in business and finance and everything. And that may be an area where God's gifted me to be able to help people who are going through that and yeah. uh, et cetera, et cetera, down the line. Somebody may have gone through a severe depression, may be able to help people with that. So I know that one of the things that we learn going through process sometimes are ways that God can use us to help other people who are in similar positions. So I Definitely. think that's important, but I want to 
specifically talk about what you learned personally and then how you're different. And I do want to, that'll be kind of the last question, but I want you to feel free to please lead into what your ministry is doing now. I know we've Hmm. talked about it on the podcast before, yes, but I think it's something that we really need to mention. You know, why the podcast? Why are we going through this process? Why the new website and the direction with your ministry? new name, you know, 1-8 Catalyst, and what does mm-hmm. it mean, and what what are we doing moving forward? Thank because you. I think that people should know that not only did you go through the process, and you're experiencing this recovery, now you're, you know, 98% or almost 100, right? Right. Um, but God has already put a purpose and a mission underneath this thing, and is moving forward through you, and it's an encouragement to people to say, don't give up, you know, work through That's the process, right. because God does have other things in store, and more work to do, right? Our work isn't finished. So feel free, please, to lead into that as well. Okay, thank you. Yeah, well, it's a super great question in terms of kind of what I learned. And obviously, I've really wanted to lean hard into this because, yeah, it would be a real shame to have gone through all of this and not, you know, (laughs) not take uh, from it what God wanted to take from it. So I think for me, you know, certainly what I what I've what I think God wanted to do in and through this was I certainly needed to release some of the things that I thought were my responsibility in ministry, which, but were really God's. So for example, this whole business of fundraising that we've talked about several times, Charles, I think it was Charles Spurgeon that said, God's work done in God's way never lacks God's provision, hmm. right? Which we would think yeah, that's, that's probably a pretty good biblical principle, right? Yeah. But for years, I really took that responsibility on myself. Was I praying about it? Certainly. Was I saying that I was trusting God with it? Certainly. I I would say that, right, as an evangelical Christian. In reality, I really felt like it was really up to me. And certainly there's a part that we play as ministry leaders in fundraising. And, and you could expand that to any any part of ministry, right? We play a part in a Sunday service doesn't take place unless people are actually out there doing stuff, right? And people preaching and right. <laughs> On the other hand, if the ministry is going to be funded, it's got to be God that's going to do it. Mm-hmm. And boy, releasing that is was has been extremely hard for me, but it's true, right? Yeah. It really is true. Now I'm still going to go out there and speak and, you know, whatever opportunities I have to talk about the ministry, but clearly just releasing that to God, I think is, you know, pretty important. In addition, I was forced to let go of the responsibility to reach all of the 1.4 billion Chinese with the gospel, <laughs> right? I mean, it would seem silly that I would ever have that, resp- you know, feel like I had that responsibility, but I just love the Chinese that I really want them to see and I want them to know Jesus. And so God's going to do what God's going to do in that area. And so to release that, it was just a really big deal. I'd say also, you know, as I was thinking about this, there's this booklet that came out years ago called The Tyranny of the Urgent, which you may have mm-hmm. heard of. And kind of the idea there is, yeah, there's all kinds of important things that we're involved in. Yeah. But we really need to sift through that and go, okay, what's really the most important? Yeah. Right. And so in terms of what's most important, I did feel like God was calling me back into ministry, but it was just a different ministry in terms of what's most important. Obviously, this, you mentioned this podcast and the other things we're doing, the Great Commission and educating people on that, because it's a command that Jesus gave us. And mm-hmm. as you mentioned, he he gives us all a responsibility in that. I feel like that was important. I think instead of looking at the 1.4 billion, for example, I'm focusing on just kind of, okay, let's train a few Chinese to 
than reach their own, mm-hmm. you know, and just spending more time with fewer people. Of course, a less of a focus on myself. I think I hate to say that you're selfish, but we're all selfish in some right. <laughs> in some ways, right? In our flesh. And so uh, hopefully, uh, it feels to me like so much and in my life, there's not so much about me. I'm trying to focus more on both kind of God's greater work and focusing in on okay, meeting other people's needs. And in kind of that same vein, Ken, there's, I feel like, you know, one of the things that God did was, I've always been a very, what would you call it? You know, in terms of theology, I felt like, hey, I know kind of, I mean, my theology is right on point. If you disagree with that, you know, you're wrong. (laughs) Maybe, maybe just a little bit legalistic in that. And I feel like I'm way more open towards those things. If we disagree on issues that are not essential to the faith, I think I'm way more open to kind of letting that slide, you know, where I didn't in the past, less strict in my life in terms of who I associate with. And my quick example of that is you and I have kind of talked about the struggles that I've had at my current church, right? So they're not involved in missions in the way that I felt. And I think as I've learned that God has put me there for a reason and kind of stuck with it. I mean, I think people give up on those things way too easy. And to stick in there, we're, we're seeing now, I've just been asked to lead a men's Bible study at my church and having some influence in areas that if I would have left, yeah, I would have never had. And so certainly this whole business of, hey, more give and take, more, hey, we're, we're mm-hmm. going to disagree. But on the essentials, you know, we're going to kind of stick pretty tough to these things. So I think those are some of the things. And so as it then relates to the new ministry, obviously this Great Commission focus is what's really important. And then in my own ministry, trying to find areas in China and now kind of broader in kind of East Asia where we can really be a part of finishing the task of the Great Commission is important. So that's where the Bible translation comes into play, Mm -hmm. the theological training stuff that we're going to do. So hopefully we're kind of, yeah, that's kind of the refocus is, yeah, I've got 25 years experience in China. Let's really focus in on, you know, how we can be a part of finishing the task of the Great Commission in China. I think that's great, Mike. And thank you so much for being able to share kind of what you went through. And and I do think it'll be a great resource for people to know. And I do want people to get a hold of you um, if they want to talk more, if they're experiencing it, I'm sure that you'd be open to, you know, Mike and I are both open to anybody reaching out about anything to talk. We're easily reached through Twitter. As we close out, I'll just tell you, you can always reach Mike at Missions Mike on Twitter. And I'm at Ken Watmore. Easy enough to get a hold of either one of us. Now, I will be the first one to say I have not experienced a ministry burnout personally. So I would refer you to Mike if you were they're going to reach out to me on that. Sometimes the best tool you can give wanting to be a help to everybody is to get people connected to people who know what's going on. I've found in my life at times, I just want to help people have answers for everything. I'm not the right guy for everything, but please, you know, if there's things that I would love you to reach to me on. Ken, on our, again, as I mentioned on the show notes of this episode, I'll put some resources for some folks who, awesome. who helped me, Yeah, yeah. Know, some blog posts and some different things. And I think so that's we'll great. have that on there as well. Yeah, that's great. So with all that said, thank you so much for joining us again, and we will look forward to having you on our next Made for Missions podcast. 